0: What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out another episode of the Baba Core podcast. My name is Patrick C. I hope you're doing well today. Uh, As you know, not only can you find the podcast on SoundCloud, but now we are also on CastBox, uh, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, So you have several ways to listen to the podcast now. I personally just downloaded the Castbox app after finding out that my podcast was uh, lo- was on there, that you could find it on there, and uh, that is my new favorite app for podcast. Uh, usually, I would listen to uh, I mean, I would know, use like Spotify and SoundCloud, and then Google Play for different podcasts because I could find a podcast on one that's not on the other, you know, all that. But Castbox seems to have. All the podcasts that I currently listen to, and I found several more uh, just doing a simple search on Cast Castbox. Uh, so, give that a shot. I mean, obviously, you're listening to it on SoundCloud, uh, but uh, Castbox, try that one out. Um, if you are a fan a fan of podcasts, uh, you know you can find several different types. They have them listed in categories, or you could do a simple search just based on. You know, the uh, comedian or the news anchor or uh, television uh, show or whatever. Uh, very easy, user-friendly. I like it so far. Uh, and then when you when you subscribe to it, you'll get uh, dings of when, a, when a podcast has been updated or a new show has been updated. So try that one out or use whichever one you like, SoundCloud, uh, download it on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, or subscribe on Google Play. Uh, thanks a lot for that. Uh, as usual, just want to give shout outs again. Uh, usual shout out that I do for uh, CBDB for all your CBD products, all your CBD needs. Uh, check out mycbdB dot uh, or check out their Instagram at mycbdB. Uh, find them up, find them out when they're at uh, different shows or when they set up their pop up shop. Um, I always check in with those guys and uh, just load up on different products that I need. Um, so, yeah, big fan, big support. Uh, go say what's up to Gabe um, at uh, CBDB, wherever they're set up at. Uh, also, again, shout out to Jacob Uglyhead for letting me use his music uh, as the intro and outro of uh, this and every episode. Uh, appreciate that. And also, uh, the lift. If you have not signed up for Lyft, uh, use my referral code, which is Patrick two seven six zero seven zero. Sign up with them, try it out if you haven't. Uh, If you're new to the Lyft app, with that referral code, they'll give you twenty dollars in ride credits. Uh, I think they break it down, break it up in fives. Uh, So every every ride that you do, the first five dollars will be taken out of that twenty dollar ride credit. I believe that's how that works. I'm not 100% sure. But with everything coming up, you know, the Final Four, uh, Fiesta's coming up. Uh, it's it's easy. It's convenient. Uh, it's affordable. Uh, I use it. My wife uses it. Um, you just try it out. Uh, it saves on the hassle of uh, dealing with traffic, dealing with parking, And if you use it to go out, uh, you know, hitting up the the local bars, uh, it's safer and better than uh, drinking and driving. So uh, try it out with the referral code, uh, Patrick276070. Uh, Or even if you're interested in driving for Lyft, use that same referral code. And, uh, you know, obviously I get a kickback, but you will get a kickback too as an incentive for signing up and start driving with them. Uh, terms do apply on that. Uh, read the fine details on, on that on that app or that contract, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for the shout-outs. On this episode, I got to sit down uh, with uh, uh, writer-director Alex Ramirez. Um, he's a fil- filmmaker based out of San Antonio. Uh, he is the head of his own production company, uh, Rooley Crescent Filmworks. Uh, his films have been seen... Um, Throughout the U.S. as well as international, uh, he has also won several awards uh, in uh, his home state of Texas, most recently the 2017 Creeper Film Festival Best Director Award and uh, the 2014 Wild Film Festival Best Director Award. Uh, so he has this new film coming out, a new uh, short coming out, uh, Rio Cicado, that will be seen at the SA short film showcase that's going on March 30th at the Alamo City Studios. Uh, I believe the event is already sold out as of today, but uh, just follow them, follow uh, Alamo City Studios on Facebook and uh, see if they have any more available tickets for this showcase. If not, sign up for the next showcase. They'll be having showcases uh, fairly recent. so uh, check in with that and uh, enjoy some of these uh, shorts. But uh, on this episode, we sat down. We learned a little about a little bit about Alex Ramírez, and we talked more about this uh, the film that he has coming out, the Rio Cicado. Talked about that. Very interesting guy. Uh, he has a lot going on. He's already done a lot of films. I'll put the, uh, his IMDb and his YouTube link uh, in the show notes so you can check out what he has available so far. Um, and then he already he's already have uh, plans in the works for his next productions Uh, so yeah uh, follow this guy um, and uh, check out some of his work but yeah uh, thanks again for listening Uh, hopefully you you enjoy these episodes and uh, yeah here we go What is up, everybody? Thanks for checking out another episode of the Boba Core, Core Podcast. My name is Patrick C. Huerta. Uh, today, I am sitting down with a writer-director based out of San Antonio, Mr. Alex Ramirez. Thank you. How's Thank it going, you. man? Thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I saw you. You're going to be part of this um, the San Antonio short film uh, showcase that's happening March 30th mm-hmm. at the Alamo City Studios. Uh, I believe that event is already sold out. That RSVP is all sold sold out. Uh, but you have this the short film that you're showcasing there, the Rio uh, Cicado, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Uh, you want to jump into that? Like, uh, tell a little about your film, or do you want to start introducing yourself? How do you got you start?
1: Um, I mean, we could probably start with that chronologically. You know. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm from San Antonio. Um, you know, like you said, writer director. Um. I really didn't start making films until I uh, went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college in the Valley, Edinburgh, Texas. Uh, UTPA doesn't exist anymore, it's UTRGV now, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's really where I started. Uh, uh, I started in the theater, uh, writing, directing, acting. And kind of moved into wanting to make movies. I mean, I'd always wanted to make movies. That was always the the end goal. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got there and kind of had the resources to do so Mm -hmm. that it became, you know, know, turned into a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And after I graduated, came back up here. And I've been making movies in San Antonio for about three years. Um, Came back up here in 2014. Mm -hmm. And... Four years now. Um, and yeah, kind of settled into the whole film community and been pretty comfortable with it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said you kind of fell, fell into it, uh, not accidentally, but it wasn't really like a set go until you had the resources in front of you. But it's always been like in the back of your mind of filmmaking or? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think everyone, if they want to make movies, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. it always feels kind of like really distant. Yeah. Um, I mean you you know you go you go to the theater and you see Star Wars or you see you know some big huge franchise and that world feels so distant from you so it yeah. kind of feels like a well this probably won't happen
0: yeah like it's just too big for me type of thing
1: yeah yeah um and it's not until someone puts a camera in your hands or you know you go out and start making your own movies mm-hmm. on you know a little digital camera or even on your phone that okay maybe this yeah. is a start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was your first filming thing? Like what was the first thing that you ever did to say like this is what I want to do?
1: Oh geez Like um, whether it
0: was on like a phone camera or a little like camcorder type of thing. Um well my first the first
1: film that I ever did, I think was like in high school. It was some like little uh, video project I did for theater. Yeah. Uh we did like this B movie um the like those old classic, uh, uh, what is it, like Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm. like those type of films. We did like some little parody of that. But the first like inception of, of, uh, of wanting to be a filmmaker, I think came from just going to the movies with my dad and also me and my mom had always been uh, comfortable talking about movies and mm. go back and forth with it. Um, so, I mean, it's really my parents... Who kind of instilled that? But it wasn't like they—they they never had like dreams of doing re- anything really artistic. I mean, they were always like in the medical field, and mm. so it, it just—I don't know—it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So that's cool. Well, what what inspired you? Like, what, what kind of uh, other directors or filmmakers do you? draw inspiration from
1: oh well anyone who knows me knows that I'm like a huge Martin Scorsese fan Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean I've loved all of his work Um, I love European cinema Um, other great filmmakers Steve McQueen who you know did like 12 Years a Slave Shame Mm -hmm. Shame is one of my favorite films Um, let's see who else Uh, a huge David Mamet fan I, I mean, I came from the theater. I love his, his uh, work as a playwright mm-hmm. and even more so as a film director. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sofia Coppola is a huge influence as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a plethora.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you start a project or when you start writing down stuff, do you have to disconnect yourself to not be so influenced by that stuff and have you, like, your own direction like? No, I mean no, no
1: way. Um, I mean, there's. <laughs> I've talked to some filmmakers who feel like, okay, I'm not gonna watch anything or be influenced by anything. It's all gonna come from me. Yeah, and I think that's really, really strange. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love San Antonio because you know, there's. You know, the St. Mary's Strip, and you can go see all these wonderful musical acts, or, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these other filmmakers. Uh, I'm, I'm not just speaking of, you know, uh, really big, huge filmmakers, like I just mentioned, but, you know, just uh, all these influences, artistic influences. I like to take all that and put it into my work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I soak up everything. Uh, art, film, uh, um, As many books as I can get my hands on while while I'm writing and Mm -hmm. trying to just like take an inspiration. Um, Yeah, I think it's that's really important for me at least.
0: Mm -hmm. That's cool. I saw that that you posted the other day because you're working on another film uh, that you were out uh, scout locating or however you say it. Are you trying to use like like San Antonio as a main background, or you're just looking like not be about San Antonio but have San Antonio spots? Or you're just looking for spots just that just so happen to be in San Antonio.
1: Um, I was just looking for spots that fit what I saw in my head. Mm. Whether or not you know San Antonio is an influence, I mean that that was irrelevant. I was just really trying to go for the aesthetic that that I saw fit for the film. Uh, a lot of them just happen to be you know kind of big places in yeah. San Antonio that you know well known. Um, but yeah, I think we were out scouting like. Bang Bang Bar and yeah, yeah, yeah. El Montan and uh, um, where did we go Ventura mm. uh, yeah that's cool
0: so yeah let's get into the, this one that you're uh, showcasing on, the, on March 30th Rio Cicado. Mm-hmm. Uh what's the what's the backstory with that one so that one was
1: actually influenced um, well two I guess main external influences uh, one was the uh, 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 The murder of ruben espinosa he was a photojournalist in mexico city uh that was a huge one i'd read that story and was pretty uh taken aback i mean uh, living in san antonio living in the valley you know you always hear stuff happening in mexico Mm -hmm. with the drug trade so Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to i guess explore that uh but i didn't want to do like one of these like uh, I, they're kind of like exploitation films you know you go to Walmart the five dollar bin you see mm-hmm. these like uh, Mexican action films I didn't want to do that I wanted to do a character study mm-hmm. um, another huge influence was uh, the story of Kevin Carter and the Bang Bang Club um, the Bang Bang Club was a group of photojournalists who uh, during the 90s and I think late 80s uh, they documented the violent transition uh, from apartheid in in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, and I always thought those stories were very harrowing. Um, you'll know Kevin Carter if you've ever seen that picture of it's a, a, a starving uh, African child, and there's a vulture mm-hmm. kind of uh, looking looking at the child, like waiting for him to, to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that that photo I think won the Pulitzer Prize, and I just thought that story was was really harrowing, and I really wanted to kind of. Uh, just bring to light a lot of what, you know, photojournalists go through. And I know right now it, it seemed timely with how much uh, fire uh, media workers are under with this whole uh, administration yeah. and in the White House. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it would be something people
0: might be interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's based on a true story, but it's loosely based.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very loosely based. Um and I think I even say, I sent you that press kit. Yeah. Um, where, I guess, the internal influence came, um, which was kind of my uh, uh, learning about my heritage, my own
0: yeah. Mexican
1: heritage, and uh, those feelings of alienation that I kind of put into the lead character's role. Yeah. Yeah, that that was definitely a huge thing as well.
0: Yeah, when I was reading that, and it kind of stood out to me, you know, like how you, you have that, you know, that... Uh disconnect or uh, you know that fish out, of water, fish out of water feeling and stuff and because uh, you know we all have that same stuff We're older generations or younger generations I guess they're not as connected to their heritage as much as you know our parents our grandparents and stuff like that so when you do have people that are still connected you kind of feel like well how come I'm not a part of this type of thing mm-hmm. so uh, that kind of like stood out to me too because I kind of feel that every now and then too like, you know like why am I not as connected as these other people, and uh, you know, why didn't I take it upon myself to get connected and all that stuff? Yeah. So stuff like that, and like you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, and like some of the places that I've been to in Mexico, like I don't even, I don't even like, and I kind of, I kind of connected that. So I, I get that. Uh, so I, I thought that was, that was interesting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it, is this your first time putting yourself or your like putting yourself into the story, or to, into a character like this?
1: No, no, I, most of my films I put some piece of myself, um, I mean if you look at my filmography so far, mm-hmm. uh, they really characterize milestones in my life mm-hmm. at that time, um, I don't, honestly, I don't really think I could do a film if I didn't see a piece of myself in it. Oh, okay. I mean, I write pretty much everything that I do, Yeah. Um, that I direct. Um, if I'm not interested, I mean, I just, I, I can't find myself to come and do it, mm-hmm. to, to come and dramatize that story. Uh, I mean, it has to be very personal to me.
0: Yeah. Does, does that inspire you? Like, you want to discuss something or you want to uh, uh, present something personal, so you put that in, into your story or does it, like, happen accidentally? Like, you're starting a story, and, like, then you connect the dots.
1: Um, both. I mean, it's 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 definitely. Um, I've definitely started a film where I didn't see any piece of myself in it, mm-hmm. and I started writing, and it just somehow landed on the page. Oh wow! Um, I mean, subconsciously, and it has to be. Yeah. Uh, and there's been other uh, stories where I, I've started it, and I knew exactly this is me. This is going to be like some secret form of who I am, and I mean I went out and did the picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have any problems with that? Like, it, was there any, like a story or anything that you were working on that you're like, I can't, I, this is way too close to Homer. This is way too much me into it. And then you, you just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know uh, what I mean?
1: Yeah. So we did a, not this showcase, but we did one, I think a couple months ago where we put a, a film I, I did uh, with a, with a local actor, a great, great guy. His name's Mike Etney. He's uh, producing actually my next, uh, my next picture, uh, mm-hmm. but I've worked with them all, uh, pretty pretty frequently since I moved back here to San Antonio. But we did this film called When She Returns, and that one hit pretty close to home. Mm-hmm. So I think when I wrote it, I was just—I think every filmmaker has that one like very kind of like dark, sappy, uh, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve story that you got to do. Uh-huh. Uh, just get it out of your system. Um, and I went and I did that. And, uh, um, I mean, I, 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 like it. I, I really do like it, but it is kind of that story. Um, but yeah, I, I went out, finished it and we're actually waiting on the, uh, Mission City Film Festival mm-hmm. just to see if it'll, uh, that's a new film festival that's starting up here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, waiting to see if we got into that we should know, I think by April 1st, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so I guess it
0: all worked out. That's cool. Uh, so with this film, with Rio Sicato, uh for somebody who, I mean, obviously you're you're deep into it, you're the writer, director and stuff. When you do this showcase for somebody who's going to see it for the first time, mm-hmm. what kind of uh, questions or what kind of like uh, response do you think they'll have from it after seeing it? Um, well, I mean,
1: the film opens up with an actual uh, warning, graphic images, main, mm-hmm. main uh you know, may disturb viewers, um, that type of label at the beginning.
0: Was that your choice or did they ask you to put that in there? Um,
1: that was actually, my girlfriend uh, suggested it. Yeah. So I, I, I thought it was a good idea. Uh-huh. I put that in there. Uh, whenever people see the film, I mean, it's not like this, this like, you know, it was super intense graphic film, mm-hmm. but there is like one or two images that I had to put that in for. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll probably get a response uh because it does have to do with that whole uh the uh the drug trade and and all you know that whole uh, that huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think people will definitely raise their hand on that one cuz we are going to have some kind of Q&A at the end. Oh okay. Yeah, uh, some kind of directors round table. Um so yeah, I'm I'm expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: cool. Uh so on this you have it the genre that it's a, it's a drama and it's a neo-western yeah and so i don't know a lot of, about like genres of, of films and stuff you know they're either this or that you know well drama yes but neo-western i never heard that before for for films like well, how would you describe that to somebody? How
1: would you so um i mean if you look at uh, american films that have been made i'd say within like the past uh, two decades neo-westerns have kind of popped up like a. uh What's a good one? Like No Country for Old Men. Mm. A lot of people describe that as neo-western. Mm. Um, there's a couple that uh, Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the screenplay for um, Hell or High Water. Mm. He does a lot of you know these kind of neo these uh, action pieces that are uh, could be considered neo-westerns. Uh, Sicario. Um, he just did one uh, like Wind River. Uh, definitely has western elements. Um, so whenever I started the project, just the, you know, the ideas, it always seemed to me to have some kind of Western influence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I saw it in that kind of barren, you know, golden land, at least for some scenes. So. It's like, okay, this is kind of a neo-Western vibe. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's not that classic Western, you know, John Wayne and yeah, The Searchers, anything like that. I wouldn't characterize it like that, but it definitely has some kind of influence
0: yeah. on that. So do you do you kind of stay in, in one lane when it comes to filmmaking, or do you have different types of uh, productions, different types of films?
1: Um, well, I don't think I've ever really made the same film twice in terms of genre or, or story. Uh-huh. Um, I... I pretty much follow what what interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, last year I was involved in a huge horror showcase, mm-hmm. a huge uh, horror feature film, I should say, an anthology film. Uh, so I kind of, like, uh, 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 explored the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, you know, I'm doing this kind of neo-Western, and I'm also doing this kind of straight drama mm-hmm. after after uh, we finish all this with uh, Rio Sucato. Uh Next year, I'm going to do a comedy. So, I mean, I've, it's really kind of exploring the spectrum.
0: Oh, yeah? But, yeah. Well, that's cool. Like That's like a, a challenge for yourself by like doing all different types of genres and uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long did this one, from start to finish, from writing to filming and all that stuff, how long did this <laughs> one take you?
1: Oh, man, this was long because... Um, I actually didn't think I was going to finish it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I started the idea um, late 2016. It had to be like October and November. And we shot, I believe, in December. Then had to reshoot in January. And then it took me like a whole year to edit it and other projects. Um, you know, get in the way. And I recently just sat down, I think it was like in January, and was like, okay, I'm going to finish this. And it took a lot of cutting, a lot of staying up till 5 a.m., those types of nights. Yeah. Um, and just kind of going through all the crap and <laughs> the bad takes, and uh, this, this doesn't work, this does. And um, I'd say about a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, then it, it was a pretty long process for a short film. But I, you know, also when I started it, I maybe I wasn't mature enough to f- be able to uh, get it to where it needed to be, mm. which I feel it is, it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: it was a long process. Yeah. But you said it almost didn't happen? Like something happened that something came up that this film almost didn't happen?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, as artists, you always kind of doubt your own work. Yeah. Um well, mo- most do. Some are, I guess, just arrogant
0: some like that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, I didn't think I was going to finish it because there were some things I, I didn't like. I didn't know how to cut it, um, and it wasn't until I did this whole showcase. This I keep mentioning the showcase. It was the, it, we called it the Lone Star Horror Showcase mm-hmm. or Texas Terror Tales. I did it with a group of filmmakers here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and I I wrote and directed a film that we put in there. Uh, but I also edited this uh, one film called Unholy Living Dead mm. it was kind of this uh, uh, um, tribute to the Lost Boys and oh, wow. uh, yeah it was this vampire film uh, by our my really great friend uh, David Carball is a really great actor here in San Antonio and I edited it and I never really just said to myself okay I'm going to take out all the stops and and really cut this uh, as stylishly as possible, mm. and you know, just doing that and going through it and getting excited about it, this cut looks so good, and you know, working with uh, different speeds and in in, in film, and uh, uh, the sequence looks amazing. It wasn't until I did that that I discovered, okay, maybe I can come back and do this this weird little western that I started. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: that's what it took. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. So, uh, so after the showcase, where can people see, see see it? Like, is Uh, it just like YouTube or how do you, uh, how do you get it out to the the general public? I guess it
1: probably won't be available for another year and a half because it does need to make a festival run. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of festivals, if you have your film online, it disqualifies it. Oh really? Yeah. So we, I won't be able to show it for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, we I recently just put this one into San Antonio Film Festival, mm. uh, San Antonio Cena Festival, um, and it'll probably be another year and a half before I'm able to just throw it online, and this is what we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So all, all the shorts you just really post online, like when you're allowed to post them, you just post them on YouTube, or do you have anything planned as far as like making like a compilation, DVD? Um, yeah, I
1: mean, it's a lot of YouTube, a lot of Vimeo. Um, Vimeo's a big one, um, at least for filmmakers. Um, yeah. So yeah, they'll they'll probably go up there when I'm ready to release them. But yeah, they gotta they gotta stay on private for that festival run. Yeah. That's just the game.
0: So is this the first time it's being shown? Like the showcase? Like this this is the first of the few that you have lined up?
1: Yeah, this is like the first uh, screening ever for it. Okay. Um, it's I mean considered a private screening. Um, but yeah, we we do hope to, you know, have a official uh film festival premiere mm-hmm. here in San Antonio. I wanted it to be in San Antonio, not anywhere else. Yeah. Um I mean mainly cuz I I feel like as as I viewed a lot of my films over the years, um, it, they they seemingly become uh kind of a my own like Valentine to San Antonio. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. San Antonio's Really embedded in my work, I feel mm-hmm. uh, the people, especially who I grew up with. Grew up on the west side of San Antonio, uh, John Jay, um, and so yeah. Like um, I wanted it to be where I was most comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that's cool with this man. Like, uh, but you have your your own production company, the, the Really Crescent Film mm-hmm. uh, What else have you got in the works with that? So we have this big one. Um,
1: probably seen all over Facebook. Um, it's called the Quiet Shore. Mm. It's a piece that I wrote and directed. Mm. Um, we just had auditions. We're gonna end up casting here within the next week. Um, but yeah, that's the next big one. Um, that one actually uh, we came with a budget. Uh, a lot of stuff has been very you know amateurish in the sense of uh, uh, you know behind the scenes workings and stuff uh, mm-hmm. budget. This one is actually the one where, okay, we've kind of leveled up. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that one's a a drama, um, kind of another character study, uh, very personal to me. Uh, That one we'll be working, we'll probably be shooting in April and editing all through the summer Mm -hmm. as I get ready to work on, you know, my next feature and finish a feature that I've been working on for quite a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, for this next one, that what well, you quiet shore. Mm-hmm. Do you do you start off with plans like I want to submit it to here, submit it to there, or you just wait till it's done and then you start making plans for it? Um,
1: before I used to do that, I used to wait. This one we needed to plan as meticulously as possible mm. where it's going to go. Uh, so we're, we're trying to do, you know, really huge festivals for this one, Austin Film Festival, Sundance, mm-hmm. uh, Tribeca, this one we really want to send, really send out there. Oh, wow. um, so all that goes into, you know, budget and planning and, you know, having enough money to submit and um, yeah, that, that one we had to plan pretty well.
0: So does that add a little bit more stress to it or a little bit more sense of urgency to it, I guess?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally pretty, um, I don't want to say I'm naturally stressed over, over filmmaking, <laughs> but it is, you know, uh, it is an endeavor that you have to, you know, be on top of your game if you want to do it well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't plan and I think, you know, it, it just hurts the product it mm-hmm. hurts the project and, uh, you waste everyone's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there has to be a sense of urgency whenever you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Or else, you know, maybe you should go do something else. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Man, I just, I had a question I was going to ask you. and I just, <laughs> It's something that you had just said. Uh, damn. It's all good. It's really not. But, uh... <clears throat> So yeah, man. So how can they? How can people find like your past work? As, like, or you said just on YouTube and stuff, and you have your IMDb.
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm on both. Um. I mean, you'll see my filmography on IMDb, but yeah, YouTube. I have a lot of stuff. I have a Vimeo as well. Um. I mean, if you just search up my name, you'll see my picture of. Uh, I think I'm wearing my my signature purple beanie <laughs> that I always get flacked for, but, uh, yeah, you'll see a lot of work that I've done. Here and in, in the valley when I was uh, just kind of coming up and um hey you can shoot me a message and I'll probably shoot you a film or something yeah
0: yeah oh so I remember now it's uh because you keep me- me- mentioning like stuff that you're learning on the way mm-hmm. like um, when you talk to other filmmakers like do you do you are they accepting of criticism or like hey I learned this maybe you should try it this way like. How does it work with y'all? Like, or is everybody like, I'm doing my own process? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, everyone has their own, uh, uh style of working. Um, I try to be open to criticism. Uh, naturally, I'm just kind of sensitive whenever it comes to it, though. But, you know, uh, I, I have learned since I, I started to kind of have tough skin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Because you will get a lot of... I mean, not just from filmmakers, but people who've watched your film Mm -hmm. who will come up to you and kind of say like, uh, what they really thought about it in a... Yeah, I guess you could call it in a pretty hurtful way. Yeah. Um, But you kind of have to learn to just take it in stride and and not let it affect you. Um, Because, I mean, you know... What's that famous quote? The... Could be the tastiest peach in the world, but there still be someone who doesn't like peaches. Never you know? heard that before. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's. <laughs> I forgot who said it, but I remember seeing it on Facebook one day. But yeah, yeah uh, you you have to learn to just no matter what criticism uh, you get, just take it in stride, mm. and and listen to the the constructive criticism that you get. You know, mm. maybe you should try this differently, try that differently. Mm. Uh, that's important. You shouldn't. No one's above a good. no one's above a good edit in any sense of the word.
0: Yeah. What is the most important thing that you learned on your own? And then what's the most important thing that you learned from an outside, like outside criticism, I guess. Oh man, that is
1: a good question. Um, most important thing that I learned on my own is that no one is ever really going to do it for you. You have to go out and do it yourself Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, learn to do it yourself. Um, I mean, this is kind of a... We're at the local level here, but this is kind of an industry that if you don't go all the way with it, I mean, you won't finish. You mm-hmm. won't finish a project. And the most important lesson that I learned from someone else... Um, <laughs> I would probably say that no matter what, uh, I mean, just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I learned that from... I brought him up before, David Carvahal, but that guy. Uh, I work with him a lot. He's a big actor here, mm-hmm. uh, but he he is really like the most optim not optimistic person. But uh, mm. it takes a lot to bother him, and he he's. <laughs> I don't know how would you describe him. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, no matter what, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to get him bothered, but. Um, he just has this confidence about him that, you know, it, 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 it is so important to have mm-hmm. when you're doing all of this. Yeah. Um, and that's really what I, the most
0: important thing I learned. No, I mean, people like that are great. Like, uh, I sat down with uh, Gabe Mendez. He is a CBGB, CBDB. Uh, but yep. he's, like, motivated. So motivated, so positive. And all that stuff and i'm like dang man how do you, how do i get that you know we, uh, we bought his stuff um oh yeah
1: at brick a couple yeah we bought um he sold like a um a, a donut uh, oh yeah, yeah. With, with the cbd oil and uh and gummies, and gummies? Yeah. yeah we bought, we bought some gummies from him and i don't know why we decided to eat it there but <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did and yeah
0: no but that, that guy i mean he has a lot going on he's like a but he's so positive. He has just like this energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like his, his, his products. I'm always uh, giving him shout outs and stuff on this show. Yeah. Uh, but people like that, like it's, they're important. They're 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 motivated and they're motivating. You know, they're they're inspirational. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have people like that. You know, and uh, try to just try to be like that too. You know, I'm not all that positive all the time. I try to be. A lot of times you, I fake it till like, I to to fail it or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like people just like that that are just naturally like positive and stuff, like you, you admire them, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so cool, man. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Anything that you want to, to promote, push, shout out? Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, well, I,
1: first I'll promote the, the showcase. Um, I th- we maxed out at 150 mm-hmm. uh, for the tickets, but we have opened the, uh, the tickets up to, I think, 175. So there's 25 more. Or 30, one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can find that if you just go to our Facebook page. It's SA Short Film Showcase. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll find a link to Eventbrite, and you can RSVP get tickets. Um, It's free. uh, Each person can get up to two tickets, so you Mm -hmm. and a plus one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So go check that out. We have really amazing filmmakers on on the showcase. Uh, 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 Filmmakers like... uh, Carrie Valderrama, who's the head of uh, Alamo City Studios, Natasha Straley, Justin Rodriguez, um, Anthony Ellison, um, who else? Huh? Mason Hunsecker who's, uh, I think, who worked on Anthony's uh, project. Uh, who else am I missing? Yeah, I, I think there's, sorry. I think there's like two more. Um, well, whenever they pop in my head, I'll, I'll throw them out there, but, uh, yeah, go see, go see that, um, oh, Sam Lerma, oh my god, there's a huge filmmaker here, um, Mm -hmm. him too, um, and yeah, just some, some really great stuff is going to be shown there, um, also Quiet Shore, uh, that's going to be a big one here in San Antonio, um, so we might do a screening once we finish at the end of the summer, so keep an eye out for that, and, um,
0: yeah oh no i got everyone
1: yep yeah justin rodriguez with lush
0: and so for for this one if they can't make it to to this one going on on march 30th is there any a a next one coming up uh anytime soon
1: so it's not set in stone yet but we might we might make this a recurring event it might be quarterly Um, oh okay yeah, this was really just, I wanted, this is really because of Rio Cicado. I wanted to show it somehow. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, you get much more people if you do like a big showcase, you, if you show several films. Mm-hmm. I just brought it up to Carrie and he, he was like, yeah, let's run with it. Um, but we might make it a recurring event.
0: Cool, man. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thanks for coming out uh, and uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. All right. See you all later.